my name is Alyssa, and this is B and we are two best friends using our spare time to film a podcast welcome to the baking up crimes podcast where we review things like spooky stories true crime and just have like really good banter i guess i just want to do nothing another thing besides like the basic intro <laughs> okay. okay we recorded this episode on halloween but the audio quality was so it bad was and me and raven are stubborn um earth yeah. sign perfectionist and we yeah. refuse to put out anything except utter perfection exactly so we could not so we're re-recording it with like other stories i would just be embarrassed to post a video that has like awful audio like nobody wants to listen to it because it sucks so we could, maybe we could post it like after this like just for just for fun just for fun i would maybe like, want to post like a clip on instagram and be like hey we just saved you from this you better be grateful because this. Sucks. i feel like at the at the end of the year we should do like um the best of our podcast like do like the that best funny so moments fun. like a, like a whole episode of like just the best of the year we should do that for sure like on the anniversary of our podcast every year like the best of the <laughs> Oh, oh, like best baking of, up crimes. That's a 2021 baking up crimes podcast. That would be fun. We should do that. Yes, and I'll um, just be like, oh, and he did what? Oh shut my up. god! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and you're like shit like that. Like just when you covered hours head and hours. he what? He did what? Huh? Um, or just like us referencing like memes all the time. That's gonna be the best part. I, I like. hate you. There's a thing on Anchor where we're supposed to like record a trailer for our podcast. I've been meaning to ask you, but would we even put in a trailer for our podcast? We would obviously have our intro. And that's all that I have. Once upon a time, there were two kids and they wanted to make a podcast. Spoiler alert, those two kids are us and this is our podcast. Hi. Wow, I love that. We better write that down quick. <laughs> uh, we haven't introduced the episode. What we're doing... Uh, you kind of mentioned it, but we are just going to be reading some scary stories. Um, this is like a bonus episode. It's not going to be as long as our usual episodes. And we just thought it would be a fun thing to do. And we, again, we meant to record it on Halloween and it just didn't work out. Do you want to just get right into it and just start reading the stories? Yes, I do. I actually have a story right here that I want I'm, to read. I'm ready. So, oh, you want me to start? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, you just said you had a story right there for you to read. I assume that meant that you wanted to start. So, guys, I don't know. A lot of people like incels use Reddit. Like, a lot of like toxic people use right. Reddit. I think Reddit is like a super toxic website, like misogynistic to the core. Yes. But I use Reddit for like stories and scary stories. Yeah, and for like, stories. they have really good ones. And yeah, that's like the only community I follow. Like scary stories, Reddit. I don't follow any other thing. But I, I'm not on Reddit anymore because I got attacked by incels and I just deleted the app. So I'm on like Google Chrome. Okay. <laughs> so this is just a whole thread of scary stories that I, I personally like go back to and I want to like get spooked. I don't know. Okay. That's like, I don't know. Do you guys do that? Let me know in the comments below. <laughs> so here we go. A few years back, I was walking through the woods off the beaten track a bit and smelled this really overpowering sweet smell. Being nosy, I pulled back to the undergrowth to have a look, and I found a dead body. Okay. The guy had clearly been there a while and wasn't looking great, all swollen and green and black with various runny bits. The local wildlife had also been dining well for a few days. Ew. I called the police who told me to wait with the body until they arrived. Being in the middle of nowhere took a while for him to arrive, and it got dark, and I just sat there in the dark with him for a long time. Ew. I would leave. I wouldn't stay. I was like, what the fuck? I told you the location, bitch. Go. go." I'm gone. It turned out he had committed suicide. For a long time afterwards, I had dreams about him and he would talk to me and and say not very nice things, mainly about 
how he was angry, I disturbed his resting place and he wanted me to kill myself also. Probably just my imagination, but I swear I really think it was him. He turns up in my dream from time to time and no doubt will be in my dreams tonight after typing this. Oh, I know it wasn't too bad, but I feel like that's just creepy. Like you that just stumble upon creepy. a dead body. Yeah. I feel like, well, okay. I'm going to put trigger warnings before this. Um, as for these scary stories, um, I'm going to say like a broad general trigger warning for death. A lot of these are true. So if that freaks you out, I don't know. Um, there's probably going to be some, there's probably going to be some blood. There might be some guns. There might be, what trigger warnings would come for scary stories? Anyone who is worried about a trigger warning about like sexual assault, for me, I will not read about any stories yeah. that have that in it. We're when not, we, or we involving a child, those, like I won't. When we read those, we just kind of skip to the next story. Like we don't, we don't want to hear it either. So we just go right, go right along. True um, crime is different because you want the victim stories to be told. You want right. the awareness, like the, the shame on, onto the perpetrator. Story, like I don't need, like it's not, it's not, like I don't. Every single scary story, every single creepy pasta had to have that in it for no reason, and I don't understand why. Just like horror and, movies, they feel like in order they, to be a good horror movie, they have to rape a woman. Like you don't, you don't. I really, that. really don't like it. I don't understand it, and I don't want to. Like, it's just it can be scary without fucking rape. I'm sorry, exactly. it can be i feel like that's just like a crutch like if that's what you need to do you're a weak storyteller um so a lot of these are actually like from my childhood like i remember hearing these in my childhood and telling them um so this is just kind of like a reminiscing thing for me some of these are really scary uh i'll tell them and you can let me know if you remember them this is one of them a man went to a hotel and walked up to the front desk to check in the woman at the desk gave him his key and told him that on the way to his room, there was a door with no number that was locked and no one was allowed in there, especially no one should look inside the room under any circumstances. So he followed the instructions of the woman at the front desk, going straight to his room and going to bed. The next night, his curiosity would not leave him alone about the room with no number on the door. He walked down the hall to the door and tried the handle. Sure enough, it was locked. He bent down and looked through the wide keyhole. Cold air passed through it, chilling his eye. What he saw was a hotel bedroom like his, and in the corner was a woman whose skin was completely white. She was leaning her head against the wall, facing away from the door. He stared in confusion for a while. He almost knocked on the door out of curiosity, but decided not to. This distant inclination saved his life. He crept away from the door and walked back to his room. The next day, he returned to the door and looked through the wide keyhole, and this time, all he saw was redness. He couldn't make anything out besides a distinct red color, unmoving. Perhaps the inhabitants of the room knew he was spying the night before and had blocked the keyhole with something red. At this point, he decided to consult the woman at the front desk for more information. She sighed and said, did you look through the keyhole? The man told her that he had, and she said, well, I might as well tell you the story. A long time ago, a man murdered his wife in that room, and her ghost haunts it. But these people were not ordinary. They were white all over, except for their eyes, which were red. Oh, it was her eye? Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. I remember that from my childhood. That one was like really scary to me. It's kind of dumb that now. That scared but... me. Now I have to watch like a Disney princess movie after this. <laughs> Girl. This. I like that one though. Hey guys, off topic, but one time when we were in like fourth grade, we were like in the lunch line and Raven was telling I remember a scary that. story. Yeah, I remember. And Raven got like to the jump scare part and I, I audibly like loudly screamed in the lunch room. We got like a red cone as our grade because I screamed. It was that's that's a core memory for me. Like I remember that so distinctly. I was like, ah! like I screamed really loud and the lunch line it was like red. <laughs> so mine is a little bit long, but it's not too long, but it's a decent size, better than the last one. So here we go. 
About two years ago, I was driving home from a family reunion pretty late at night, and the drive was about two hours. I didn't stay the night because I had to be back for work the following day. Capitalism. Yep. Most of the drive was on roads with dense bushes and trees on either side, like the really creepy ones you see in a lot of movies. Anyway, I'd been driving about 45 minutes, and I was starting to get really, really tired. You know, sometimes you just suddenly become really tired out of nowhere. Well, yeah, that happened to me. I knew I wasn't going to last, but I didn't come across any place that I felt I could park and safely sleep. Anyway, after it became abundantly clear to me that I wasn't going to find a place to pull up and my tiredness wasn't going away, I did something very questionable. I pulled over to the side of the road onto the grass behind some bushes to try and hide my car from anybody who was going to try to come past the roads were empty. I came across another car for every minute, every few minutes or so. I mean, the roads weren't empty. I came across another car every few minutes or so. I made a mental note that the time was 11.22, and then I fell asleep. Sometime later, I was awoken by a scratching sound. I looked at the clock, 11.50. The sound stopped after a few seconds, and because I was still extremely tired, I didn't bother looking around and simply went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. I was later awoken by the same sound, but and it was now 12.40. This time it really freaked me out because the sound didn't stop. The thought ran across my mind that it was just an animal inspecting the car, but why would it return almost an hour after it had left the previous time? I looked in my rearview mirror, and I just managed to catch a glimpse of something running away into the forest. Now, at the time, I thought it was the damn hook killer. You know, the one that scratched the couple's car and slaughtered the guy when he went out to investigate? Fuck that, I thought to myself. Like, got the hell out of there. There was, there was a bend no more than 100 yards up the road, and as I came around it, there was a fucking car parked off to the side of the road with the driver's side door open. I slowed down just enough to see if anyone was in there. There wasn't. Then I looked in my rearview mirror. I didn't see anything. Then all of a sudden, this guy comes sprinting around the corner. Ew. He starts screaming at me, shouting stuff like, hey, hey, you, get the fuck out of your car now. I nope the fuck out of there and sped nope. off. I never saw the guy again. Moral of the story, don't fucking sleep on the side of the deserted road. That is horrifying. Oh, my God. I Ew. think the person who wrote this was a woman. I don't know. I, I It seems like it was, but they don't specify their pronouns or anything. But I, if I feel like it is. As a woman, that's even scarier because you're getting murdered not robbed you're getting murdered and no that's the last person you're seeing yeah your life is ending that night the scratching was he trying was he trying to like break into the car i'm confused Mm, ew oh my god that just gave me chills anyway literally so scary this one's kind of dumb but i'm gonna read it anyway (laughs) one school day a boy named tom was sitting in class and doing math it was six more minutes until after school as he was doing his homework something caught his eye His desk was next to the window, and he turned and looked at the grass outside. It looked like a picture. When school was over, he ran to the spot where he saw it and and grabbed it so fast that he ran so fast that no one else could grab it. He picked it up and smiled. It had a picture of the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. She had a dress with tights on and red shoes, and her hand was formed into a peace sign. She was so beautiful, he wanted to meet her, so he ran all over the school and asked everyone if they knew her or have ever seen her before. Everyone he asked said no, and he was devastated. When he went home, he asked his older sister if she knew the girl, but unfortunately, she also said no. It was very late, so Tom walked up the stairs, placed the picture on his bedside table, and went to sleep. In the middle of the night, Tom was awakened by a tap on his window. It was like a nail tapping. He got scared. Oh. He got scared, and after the tapping, he heard a giggle. 
He saw a shadow near his window, so he got out of bed, walked toward his window, opened it up, and followed the giggling. By the time what he the reached fuck, it, Todd. Yeah, no, yeah, Todd's an idiot. <laughs> but the t- or Tom, sorry, Tom is an idiot. Yeah, what the fuck. By the time he reached it, it was gone. And the next day, he asked his neighbors if they knew her, and everyone said no. Sorry. When his mother came home, he even asked her if she knew her. She said no, and he went to his room, placed a picture on his desk, and fell asleep. Once again, he was awakened by a tapping. He took the picture and followed the giggling and walked across the road when suddenly he got hit by a car. He was dead with the picture in his hand. The driver got out of the car and tried to help him, but it was too late. Suddenly, he saw the picture and picked it up. He saw a cute girl holding up three fingers. Oh, because she's holding up two before and now it's three? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so angry. Bitch, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying right. to see who you are. I get to know you a little bit. Take you on a nice date. And you want to fucking kill me? What's Bitch, she going to do you. after after she kills 10 people? Is she going to like start holding her feet up? Is that what's going to happen? I her toes? So. Oh, that's actually creeping me out. Like I get so creeped out so easily. Now I'm just, now I'm just fucking, now I'm just fucking upset. Okay. So this one is by a user called Saint Sparkle. So either it's a gay man or a woman. Okay. And they don't specify, they're not specifying their pronouns at all. It's just like, oh, I did this, I did that. Maybe it'll see in the, I read it, but I don't think so. So I had awesome parents who let me sleep in the living room on weekend nights when I was very young because my sister was a light sleeper and I could stay up till dawn. But of course, I always end up sleeping on the couch because Nick at night made me tired. Mm. Girl, me too. (laughs) So one night I woke up to this prickly feeling like an instinct. I just bolted into a sitting position and stared out the front window. We lived in rural rural Georgia, so you can imagine the magnitude of the trees. In perfect light cast from the moon, I see a silhouette of someone in this fucking tree. The family dog dashes to the window and is snarling into the glass. Terrified. I run into my parents' room and try to explain to my parents that there's a strange person outside. Dad grabs something defensive and darts outside with the dogs to beat the wax off the hothead. Is that a country saying? Because I I didn't get that the first time. Never heard that in my life. I trembled in my mom's arms until dad comes home and says he saw no one and and to go to bed. I decide to sleep in my regular bedroom. I fill in my sister as to what happened and dad is making regular rounds in the house with a cup of coffee. We're all still and I finally think I can sleep. Nope. I notice the man outside my window. What I can see in the moonlight he gives me a shush signal and runs away. Nope. Just turns around to run a straight line away. I swear I couldn't stop crying for what felt like hours. I would be crying too. <laughs> I would be crying. That's I just weird. thought it was like a creepy little like creepy. That is creep. creepy. Um, this one's another one from my childhood. When we first filmed the episode that this was meant to be, I asked you if you'd heard it. And I think it's kind of well known, but I still want to tell it anyway. <sighs> The parents told the girl to lock all the windows and doors before they had left. There was one window in the basement which would not close completely. Trying as best as she could, she finally got the window shut, but it would not lock, so she left the window and went back upstairs. But just to make sure that no one could get in, she put the deadbolt lock on the basement door. Then she sat down and had some dinner, fed her dog, and decided to go to sleep for the night. Settling down, she snuggled up in the bed, and her dog slept underneath the bed. She reached her hand down and let her dog lick it as she said goodnight. But during the night, she woke up with a start. The girl lay there, wondering what had woken her, when suddenly she heard a noise. It was a dripping sound and seemed to be coming from the bathroom. She must have left the water running, and now it was dripping into the drain of the sink. So, thinking it was no big deal, she went back to sleep. 
but she felt nervous, so she reached her hand over the edge of her bed and let her dog lick her hand for reassurance that he would protect her. Again at 3.45, she, heard, she woke up hearing dripping. Again, she reached down and let her dog lick her hand. Then she went back to sleep. At 6.52, the girl decided that she had had enough, so she got up just in time to see her parents pulling up to the house. Good, she thought. Now, I can, now somebody can fix the sink because I know I didn't leave it running. She walked to the bathroom, and there was her dog, skinned and hung on the curtain rod. The noise she heard was its blood dripping out down into a puddle on the floor. The girl screamed and ran into her bedroom to get a weapon in case someone was still in the house, and there on the floor, next to her bed, she saw a small note written in blood, humans can lick too. See, I already knew where it was going to end, but it still got to me a little it's bit. It's still scary. Like, that's very... Ew. I don't even... The visual is too much for me. That's scary. Like, someone licking your fucking hand? I'd be like, first of all, we're in a panoramic. That one's scary. I want to know if anyone hasn't heard that one, because I feel like that one's pretty popular, and most people have heard it. Yep. So I'm still looking for mine a little bit. I don't know if you have another one you yeah, want to read. So a while back, my mom lived in this house on Brindley Mountain in Alabama, and the landlord to the place was super fix- picky about making sure they did no remodeling or repairs. He wanted nothing changed. It was odd, to say the least. After a while, my, my mom and her boyfriend started saying that they think the house is haunted by the ghost of a small girl. They said sometimes they would see the shadow of a girl walking from room to room, or hear playing in the back when nobody was back there, and sometimes it sounded like a small child was sobbing, but they couldn't tell where from. I was an atheist at the time, so I blew it off. I was like, yeah, right, haha. This was towards the end of me and my ex's relationship, and when we split up, I started living away with my mom until I got on my feet. We shared custody of our daughter, Alexis, 50-50. So one week, she'd stay with me until Friday, and then she'd go to my ex's until the following Friday, and then she'd come back with me. She was about two, going on three at the time. It was Saturday night, and I was on the computer. It was probably like two in the morning. I'm just surfing music. The computer desk was in the kitchen facing a wall, and on that same wall was the doorway that led to the den in the bedroom. So if anyone came out of the bed to get something from the kitchen, they would walk right past me. Alexis was always getting up in the night and getting into trouble. She'd raid the fridge or knock something over while climbing up on something. She liked to get up in the night and raid the kitchen because she knew everyone was asleep and she could get away with it. So as I said before, this night I happened to be up at 2 a.m. on the computer, and I see Alexis sneak into the kitchen with my peripheral vision, and she froze when she saw me, and just stood there. I didn't look at her or pay attention. I figured she had seen me, so she knew she's, huh? I figured she had seen me. She knows she's caught. Hopefully she will go back to bed and go to sleep without me having to make a big deal out of it. She stands there for about three minutes, and I can see her the whole time, but I make a point not to look at her, so she will just go back to bed. She eventually turns and walks back into her bedroom. It was dark in the room, but I could still see her turn and leave. Everything was dead silent after that. So after about 15 minutes, I got the feeling in my gut that I need to check on her because she's probably up to no good. In 15 minutes, I should have heard her climb back into bed or rustle through toys. Hearing absolutely nothing normally means she was trying to be quiet for a reason. Every parent gets that sick feeling in their stomach when their kid is up to no good, and I got that feeling, so I got up to check on her. I stood up and walked into the next room that led into the bedroom. It was pitch black and I couldn't see a thing. That's when it hit me. Alexis was with my ex that night, not with me. I'd been used to hearing her there all week, so it just slipped my mind. So the girl I saw wasn't her. Uh, that one was kind of, okay. Okay, I have to make sure I don't get upset. I can't get too upset. Are you ready for your story? Yep, I got one to read. Go ahead. So here we go. I used to live in a house that was built on old farmland. I slept in a bedroom that had no door, except the door leading up to the attic, which was a little, which had a little sliding lock on it. Every single night, I'd close the door and lock it. The attic frequently had birds and such get into it, 
and I didn't feel like having them like fly out into my room. Except every single morning, it'd be unlocked and slightly ajar. Mm -mm. During the night, I'd wake up and have sleep paralysis. It was pretty frequent, and I got used to it. During said sleep paralysis, a figure would open up the closet and slip out, all black, sort of shadowy, and wearing what I can only describe as a farmer's hat. Ew. It'd stare at me for a moment, just stare. Sometimes it would take a step over before turning and walking out the entrance to my bedroom, which lacked a door. But I had set up some beads. They knocked together. I can still hear it to this day. Did he just say, or did they just say that their bedroom doesn't have a door? Yeah. Ew, that's scary. <laughs> that's the first part of the thing. It said, oh, my bedroom doesn't have a door, by the way. I feel like that, that slipped my mind because whenever... Like, I cannot sleep without my door being closed. Like, literally, I'd be like, even be like slightly ajar. There's no way. That's so scary. Uh, I had always been told I had an overactive imagination. I never spoke of it to my parents or family since they probably make fun of it. One summer, my cousin came to visit. She took over my room since my family thought she deserved a larger room for whatever reason. She came down for breakfast in the morning, white as a sheet, and I and said I could have my room back. When my mother asked why she told her she had had sleep paralysis and saw basically what i had seen uh -oh. i had never spoken of i had never spoken to her of this years later once we had moved out of the house my mother told me something her bedroom was on the same hallway as mine and she always slept with the door open she told me some nights she'd wake up and just to see a figure pass by the room quickly i don't know if it was a shared illusion or what but it still scares me a bit to this day that's horrifying yep i thought it was just like you know okay so listen the farm the black shadow with the farmer's hat that alone if i saw that for a second i would literally like never come back into my yep, apartment you I, would yep. never i would drive straight to raven's house and be like open the door open the door now especially when other people in your family see it so you know you're not just like crazy and making it up nope what was the out. point i don't get it like for the spirit what is the point of like terrorizing them like what does they get out of it I think a lot of spirits are just here to, like, mess with people. They just, like, want attention? Like, damn. Relatable. One cold winter night, 16-year-old Katie was home alone. It had been snowing all that afternoon, but it had just recently stopped. After studying for a few hours, she decided to relax a little. The television was positioned in front of one side of the glass sliding door that led to a patio in the backyard. By midnight, Katie's parents still hadn't come home, and she was gripped with fear because from the corner of her eye, she had sworn she had caught a glimpse of a very strange man looking or strange looking man standing at her standing outside the glass door behind the television. Katie called the police and soon there was a patrol car not far from their house. The police showed up and Katie told them about the stranger who was standing outside staring in through the glass. The police opened the glass setting door and looked around. They explained to her that they, there could not have been anyone standing there as there would be footprints in the snow. And as they were about to leave, one of the cops noticed something behind the couch. There were wet footprints on the carpet behind the couch. She hadn't seen the man outside the door. She'd seen his reflection when he was standing behind her. Ew. I would. I would literally kill no myself. No way. No I would way. literally kill myself. Raven, I would literally. I would literally. Raven, the way that I would. Oh my God, I'd never be home alone again. <laughs> I would never be home alone again. That's I would so never be home scary. Yeah, no. Everyone is living with me for the rest of my life. I'm never. I'm I could never. Now, Raven, you want to get an apartment together? Yeah, absolutely. After that, no way. After that, I'd be like, yeah, like, Raven, you want to, you want to, like, 
suddenly um i have enough money for rent um so let me read mine i actually have one already so i used to have a reoccurring dream as a teenager every night for months i was sitting at a table on the patio of a restaurant i was out there alone waiting for my food a homeless man comes up to the other side of the patio and asks for change i'm digging in my wallet for a couple dollars and then I hear tires screech. I look to see a crash in the intersection near the restaurant. I run out there to see if I can help. And as I run out into the road, I get hit by a car and I wake up at the impact. Mm-hmm. After a while, the dream stopped. And, and I, wow, after a while, the dream stopped. And I put it out of my mind. Fast forward to me being 28 and sitting at an on the border on the patio waiting for my food. A homeless guy comes walking past the restaurant but doesn't stop to ask for change. It makes me think about that dream, though, and I start to feel uneasy. Shortly after that, I hear the tires screech, and I see a wreck happen up in the intersection of the restaurant. I begin to run out there, but stop by the sidewalk and look out towards incoming traffic, and there's an SUV not slowing down. She was on her phone and blew through the intersection, completely unaware of what just happened. I ran out and checked on the people. Everything was fine. So that was like a warning to, yeah. to not let that happen. That's so interesting. I feel like that's a good story. Like being protected yeah. like that i just thought it was like really really cool can you imagine like you have like an angel or, like you have like an entity somewhere like hey let me let you know like because i don't want you to die at this like on the border that's kind of a shitty yeah. place to die yeah that's kind of embarrassing for you like i will on your obituary died at a, died at a mexican restaurant made by white people uh, oh I don't my think you god do, that. do you really want that to be on your obituary i'd be like you just put a, i got eaten by coyotes or something right like to say that i i shot myself in the head like that'd be way better Again, I don't know how this one's going to be, but I'm going to read it. A wealthy farmer had owned a lot of land and built a new barn on his property every time his wife had a baby. He named each barn after each of his kids, and by the time the story takes place, they had six kids and were expecting number seven. But the farmer's wife died in childbirth, and so did the unborn baby. The farmer went insane with grief. They say in his madness, he took an axe one night and led his children out to the barns one by one and murdered them. He buried their bodies in the seventh barn. It was in the seventh barn that the farmer hung himself. Eventually, as the story goes, all the barns were torn down and the land was sold off. All except for number seven. Nobody would buy the land because of what had happened there. It was abandoned and soon fell in disrepair. No one was ever really sure where the seventh barn was located. It was definitely in Ohio. In 1997, an Ohio teacher claimed that he had found the infamous barn's real location. The teacher pinpointed the location because barns on neighbor properties all had nameplates on their door with the names of children engraved on them. The teacher and his son set out at night to visit the barn, hoping to capture some paranormal activity on video. The next morning, the teacher's wife reported her husband and son missing. Police found their abandoned car by the roadside. While searching the area, they entered a barn in a nearby field and found the dead bodies of the teacher and his son hanging from the rafters. Ew. Oh my god. Ew. I hate it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. That is so ew, like seeing a hanging body, I would never recover. Yeah, no. That's a scary, scary visual. Do you have another one? Yep, I do have one. My ex-wife and I were sleeping. There was a small sliver of light coming in through the window from a street light. So the room and bed were dimly visible. Our black Pomeranian was at the end of the bed asleep. I dreamt that I woke up, reached out to pet him, and he turned into a glassy black 
oyster thing, which opened up to reveal rows of gleaming glass teeth. I woke up to my ex backpedaling up the bed over the pillows towards the wall. I asked, what's wrong? She said, what is that shiny black clamp thing with the teeth at the end of, at the, end of the bed? Where's the dog? Ew. We had the same nightmare at the same time. This still <gasps> freaks me out. That just gave me chills like down my, my whole head, my whole spine. That's so scary. Oh my God. So now I have imagine like waking up next to someone and then being like, girl, did you see that? And you'd be like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, that's not no, I can't. I have another one. Go ahead. So my friend Sarah was in a nightclub drunk off her face when she got an overwhelming urge to tell a total stranger that her leg hurts. And it, it didn't hurt. All of it strange, she ignores it, but she, it doesn't stop. So she walks up to this guy and says, I know this is crazy, but I've got this huge urge to tell you my leg hurts. I know that's crazy. Again, sorry. The guy bursts into tears. Turns out his dad had just died and they made a pact before that if there was an afterlife, he would get a message to him saying totally, a totally random phrase so there could be no mistakes. They decided the phrase was going to be, I've hurt my leg. I just thought that was like so cool, like not scary, that's but like scary. come I mean, on, that's that is kind of cool. scary. That's so like that's kind of cool though. That oh my god, there better not be an afterlife because I have a lot to to answer questions about, and I'm not ready for that. Literally, I just want to talk to people. Like I just want to, I want to, like as a true crime junkie, I want to just talk to some victims. Like, hey, oh just god. tell me what happened, and then I'll do a Ouija board. <laughs> Marilyn, just tell me what happened. Right. If if a because a Ouija boards work. If you want to contact my spirit, ask me if I like um what if i like donuts or if i like cake more and if i say cake that's not <laughs> me that is i like oh, okay. donuts way okay. more than i like cake got it so um i have one because i'm i'm just i don't know wait what the fuck okay here it is i had a very important document that i only ever kept in one place i kept it in the top drawer of a small filing cabinet i never moved it and it would always, and I would always see it in the drawer whenever I opened it for whatever reason. The day I came that I needed it, and I didn't sweat it because I knew exactly where it was. Well, I'll be damned, it wasn't there. Cue panic attack. Mm. <laughs> I tore that filing cabinet up. I removed everything and spread it out, flipped papers over, dug through envelopes, shook everything out, shined a flashlight all through the empty cabinet in case it was somehow stuck in the sides. I mean, it was not there. I can assure you no one took it or was messing with me. I was so frustrated. I even looked through other parts of my house, but I knew it wouldn't be any of those places, and it wasn't. I was intermediately going back to that dumb filing cabinet. No luck. Super irritated, I searched the rest of the house again, and on my way um, back upstairs where my filing cabinet was, I called out in frustration. Okay, bring it back. I don't know who thought it. Wow. Okay, bring it back. I don't know who I thought I was talking to because there was because there was no one and I was there alone. But you guessed it. I found it in the top drawer of my filing cabinet where it should have been in the first place. I was relieved but totally freaked out. The way that I would pass out. Like I would I would be I'd be out. The way that I would run out of my house and be like, there's an intruder in my house. Yeah, there there's someone in my house, please, nine one one. Come exercise this ghost. Do you have one? Yep, I do have one. Go off queen. When I was seven or eight, I would have a reoccurring nightmare that one of my dolls came to life, played with me, and then would try to pull me into my closet with her. I'd follow her into the closet at first, 
but then she showed me this little door in the back of the closet and my heart started to race. I don't know what it was about that door, but I knew something bad would happen if I went through it. Ew. I started to struggle and try to pull away, but the doll was too strong and it would start pulling me through the door. At this point in the dream, I'd always wake up screaming. The worst part was that I had night terrors, so sometimes I'd wake up standing next to my closet. Even every night before bed, I'd make my parents make sure there wasn't a little door in the back of the closet, and there never was. Anyway, I was talking to my mom the other day, and this dream came up. I'm laughing about it now and how ridiculously paranoid I was about dolls and that closet. But my mom gets really quiet. She tells me the creepy part of the dream wasn't the doll. It was the fact that there used to be a little door at the back of the closet. But when I was one year old, they remodeled the house and put a wall where the door used to be. There was no way I could remember that door, but years later, I kept dreaming about it. None of my friends believe this story, but I swear that it's true. Ew. 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 What would happen if they went through the door, though? I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, I don't get the, what is the appeal of the ghost? Like, why do ghosts do things like that? I don't know. You should ask the ghost. What? A 15-year-old boy in a small town in Maryland sat down in his computer after getting home from school one day. He turned it on and logged into an instant messaging program and was then surprised to see a message from a classmate from his who had been absent that day. It consisted of two words, please come. Confused, the boy sent a reply asking why he'd been absent that day. After two more messages and 15 minutes with no response, he decided to get on his bike and head over to his classmate's house. It was a short ride, only about 15 minutes away. When he got to the house, he found the door was unlocked. Inside, partially dried blood was splattered all over the walls and floors, and an unrecognizable figure was crumpled against the far wall. It was missing an arm and a leg, and bloody streaks on the floor led away from the body and into the kitchen. The boy slammed the door closed and immediately called 911. When the police arrived, they found three corpses as well as tracks leading away from the house from the back door. The forensics, the forensics report concluded that the entire family, the boys' classmates, and his parents had been killed the previous night. Scary stuff. That actually can scare me. I don't know why the crumpled figure in the corner. I would literally yeah, like, no. never recover. Like I had mm-hmm. years of therapy. Yeah. Well, I don't have one. You have another one you want to read? As a kid, I loved making flip books. Oh, they shit, were all I, guess, I did. I guess in, you do. <laughs> they were all I did in art class. But whenever I had it, it worked really well. Huh? As a kid, I loved making flip books. They were all I did in art class whenever I had it. I worked really hard on one particular flip book, and it was around 50 pages long. It is a simple stick figure walking into the page, waving at me, and then walking off. I would look at it at least a dozen times the day I made it. Then it got boring. You know how kids are, not entertained by one thing very long. I tossed it under my bed and never gave it a second thought. A few months later, I was cleaning up my room and swept the stack of paper out from under my bed. I couldn't quite remember what it was. I flipped through it once and got a sweet taste of nostalgia. I flipped through it once more and noticed the pages weren't aged or gained dirt at all. I flipped through a third time and the little stick man walked onto the page, waved at me, but didn't walk off. Instead, a second stick man joined him. It waltzed up, having either an item in its hand or a severely disfigured arm. The second stick man walked next to the first stick figure and stood there for a moment, then whacked the poor fellow upside the head. The stick figure fell, and the second stick man swung his stick at the other man again and again and again. What I assumed was <laughs> this is so dumb. What I assumed was blood ran from the stick figure's rather jagged body. It looked like nothing more than smeared pencil stains. The killer stick man proceeded to bend down and tear apart the first stick man's body, limb by thin limb. Once he was done, he how bent- long is he flipping? Because it's right, no like this, is, this keeps going for forever. <laughs> 
he set them onto the page to form a single word. He grabbed the base of his own round head and tore it off. Then he tore off his legs and then one of its arms. His zigzagged body parts formed themselves into a second word. What I read made me burn the flip book. You're next. <laughs> burn the flip book. Like that's going to stop an evil spirit. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that's a bad guy. There's a, Better not mess with him. There's a stick man in here that's going to burn or kill me. That's, that's so scary. Oh my god, I'm terrified. Wow. Oh my god, that was so funny. But I have a probably scary story, so let's read that one. Perfect. When I was three, we were picking up my grandparents for a Sunday drive. I was sitting in the backseat of the passenger side. My grandfather was sitting in front of me. Suddenly, he kneeled over, and that day he died of a massive stroke. As I hustled my little sister and me out of the car and into, and into my grandparents' store, I happened to look over my shoulder and plainly saw a grandpa walking down the street with two men. Both were dressed in suits, which made it all the more ingranguous that grandpa was wearing the same gray sweater and peaked hat he'd been wearing the moment before in the car. Mm-mm. There was nothing plainly, there was nothing particularly creepy about the experiment, except I wouldn't accept that grandpa was dead because after all, I'd just seen him walking down the street. When our family, adopt, when our family doctor arrived to pronounce grandpa dead, my mother asked me if I would take his word for it. We had a very good trusting relationship with our doctor, so I said that I would. Doctor assured me that my grandfather had in fact died. But he was the only grown up who didn't treat me like I was crazy. He listened respectfully as I told him what I had seen and suggested that maybe the men in the suits were angels. As seemed reasonable, problem solved. But to this day, I can still see grandpa walking down the street with those two men. And no matter what my parents tried to tell me, it wasn't just a guy who looked like Grandpa, coincidentally wearing the same clothes he'd been wearing in the car. It was him. Ew. I mean, that's kind of sweet with, like, the angel thing, but... Mm, it's actually really creepy. I don't know if I, I trust that. It sounds like no good to me. Sounds like he had a debt to pay and the devil came to take care yep. of it. A few months ago, a friend of mine, who is an up-and-coming nature photographer, decided to spend a day and night alone in the woods outside of our town. Already, Why the fuck nope, would you do nope. that? If Why that is a fuck? if that is a woman, there is no way. <laughs> um, she has no survival instincts. She's trying to die. She wanted to get photos of the woods and wildlife as naturally as she could for her po- portfolio. She wasn't afraid of being alone, as she had camped by herself many times before. This bitch is uncracked. There Sorry. is no way. Because you could never, you could never catch me. She set up a tent in the middle of the small clearing and spent the day taking pictures. She filled up four rolls of film on that trip, but something was strange about them. What she saw in those pictures had stayed with her ever since, and she's still trying to recover from the trauma that this has caused her. Almost every picture was accounted for, save for one picture in each roll of film. These pictures were of her sleeping in her tent in the middle of the night. Ew, sorry. That gave me chills before I could even finish it. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? my God. Can you imagine? You're taking pictures of nature and you, like, go back in them and you you see pictures of yourself sleeping in your tent. Oh, my God. Raven, the way, oh, like, I would literally never, I already have problems sleeping thinking that somebody's watching me. Literally, I would never recover. That oh my god i can't stop getting chills from that that was so scary okay that was really like wow okay you did not have to do that to me <laughs> so um there was a mimic story that i read i'm unable to find it now it was, i was like deep into reddit and i found it so i'm just gonna tell you guys basically like the gist of it 
there's a husband and wife moved into like um, a new, I think it was a new apartment or like a new flat. I think they were like over the, over the pond or something. So it was a flat they moved into. And sometimes like the wife would hear her husband calling for her, like saying like, hey, can you get me this? Like from across the house. And when she would like bring it to him, he'd be like, I didn't ask for that. Like, why are you bringing me that? There was this like one time when um, the wife was sitting on bed with a glass of water, like reading like she usually did. And the husband that came like threw a cold water bottle at her and was like, she was like, why did you bring that to me? And he was like, didn't you ask me to bring that? And she was like, no. And they're both thinking they're going crazy because they're hearing each other like are all around the house, like at all hours of the day. And just like, like their closet door would always be open in the morning. Like just like lights would come on when they turn them off, just like shit like that. Um, like fan there was like a fan they had that would just be off every single morning when they woke up for no reason and so they figured it was a mimic it wasn't doing anything crazy but there was this one time when they realized it it was because the mimic asked the wife from like across the house she heard her husband's voice say hey babe can you get me my journal he had a journal that she had given him like 10 years ago and it was like his most prized possession like his favorite gift ever and he always knew where it was. And there was no reason for him to ask her to get it. It was just like weird because he always, he never like used it. He already had used it and just like kept it because it was so precious to him. So she told the husband that and they just like, they looked it up. They confirmed they had like a mimic or a skinwalker. And like, I was talking to Raven about this when we did record that episode. At that time, like if you're in your house alone right now and you know you're alone, you know for a fact there's no cars in, in the front, you're in your apartment, or maybe you live alone, and you hear your boyfriend, your girlfriend say, hey, babe, can you give me a glass of water? Mm-mm. You know they're not there. No matter how non-threatening the request is, that would make me fucking, like, it would make me crazy. Yeah. I wanted to find mimic stories, um, because I think they're very scary. Maybe the next, I'm sure we're going to do this again next time, or another time, so. We could find we'll, some mimic Yeah, we'll stories. find them. In California, there was once a road known by most locals as the never-ending road. Specifically, the road's actual name was Lester Road. Now, over 20 years later, the landscape of California has changed and the never-ending road is no more. However, years ago, Lester Road was an unlit road that people claimed became a never-ending road when driven on at night. The people who made such a drive were never seen or heard from again. Oh, shit. The legend became so well-known that people refused to even drive on Lester Road during the day. One night, like many teens my age, I drove up Lester Road, but only short distance, and in my headlights, it did look like it went on forever. Frightened, I quickly turned around, because if I continued up the road, I thought I might never return again. Perpetuation of the legend convinced local law enforcement to investigate. Lester Road took a sharp left turn at its end, and there were no guardrails. Beyond the curve lay a canyon, and on the other side of the canyon was another road that lined up so well with Lester Road that when viewed from the correct angle, especially at night, the canyon vanished from sight and the road seemed to continue on up and over the hill on the other side of the canyon. Upon investigation of the canyon, dozens of cars were found, fallen to their doom, and with the decomposing bodies of the victims still strapped to their seats. That's real. That's not fake. That's a real thing. That is so crazy. That is insane. Yeah. Oh my god, the bodies thing? Ew. That's horrible. That's so disgusting. I hate driving at night. I really would much yeah. rather drive. I don't like going like 
Um, unless I'm like with you guys, like I don't like driving at night. Um, thank you for listening. If you enjoy these scary stories, we'd love to do it again. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If there's like a type of story that really freaks you out that we maybe didn't cover, let us know. And for the true crime part, if you have any cases that you want us to cover, anything you want to let us know about, any feedback for the show, uh, email is bakingupcrimes at gmail.com. You guys know the drill. We appreciate you sticking around so much. We literally wouldn't have the show without you. We love the people who watch the show so much. Thank you again for sticking around this far. And if you know any true crime um, things or like even missing persons cases right now that you feel like weren't um, right. investigated well enough, anything like that, I would love to cover that. Like bring awareness to like your cousin, your mom, your sister, your dad who like went missing, even if it was like a million years ago. I would love to talk about it because like miracles do happen and we can figure Absolutely. something out. Yeah. Um, if you have any of like true scary stories that you haven't like posted anywhere, like on Reddit or whatever, or you can send me a link to like a Reddit thread or just email it to the baking of crimes at gmail.com. That would be great. If you have any like true crime, like true incidents, like things that happened to you that you just want to share with me or us, me and me, <laughs> just email it to the baking of crimes or like DM us the thing, but we prefer email because it just, it would just keep it more organized. Yeah. Um, so yep. Yeah. And you. We are on TikTok, Instagram. You can email us. What else? We have Spotify, Anchor, all Baking Up Crimes, um, some of the Baking Up Crimes podcasts. If you want to DM us, DM us, huh? If you want to DM us on any of those accounts and give us any information that you want us to know, a true crime story, feedback, anything, we're we're always open. Um, we appreciate. Once we oh, go ahead. I'm done. Sorry. You know, once we get super popular, it's probably only going to be email because it'll be too much like looking DMs and TikTok yeah. DMs and Instagram DMs. So like just preferably email because it'll just be easier to access from like all plot like all devices that we have. And we want to hear you. We want to make sure that we we have the the space to hear you. So again, thank you so much. We love you very very much. We're we're glad to have you. We will see we you are. next episode. Yep. This was B, and this is. Alyssa and we are two best friends who just use their spare time to film a podcast.